You're listening to The Girl Dad Show. Welcome to Season 3 of The Girl Dad Show, where we explore the intersection of parenthood and entrepreneurial spirit. Join me and some incredible guests as we share tips and tricks for finding work-life balance and making a positive impact not only on the world, but also our families. Let's create a fulfilling life together. It's The Girl Dad Show, Season 3. Chris, thank you so much for being on my show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to do this, man. I know we had a really good uh, meeting at lunch in Chicago a couple, oh my gosh, was it? Oh, it's actually quite a while ago now. It's almost almost uh, nine months ago. No, it was, it was sooner than that. I think it was like uh, July. It just feels that way because it's the temperature's gone from 80 to 30 here in like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like a long time ago. I, I really yeah. had a really great time and I'm so excited to finally get to talk to you some more in a concentrated fashion like this. But let's jump right into it. Why don't you tell the listeners what you do for a living? Man, I wish I knew what I did for a living. We're just, just talking about this uh, with, with our team here. Um, I'll keep it high level, but like we, I'm Chris Bruznicki. I live in Chicago. I run the Bruiser companies. Bruiser was like a nickname of mine growing up. Uh, you can't really tell, but I'm a big guy, 6'3", 240 pounds. <laughs> Served in the Army. I was a paratrooper. Um, and I do a bunch of different things. My main thing that I do is I'm a real estate investor and a technologist. So I got a math degree at Notre Dame. And when I got out of the army, I went to business school at Kellogg, which is Northwestern's MBA program. And I also got it, um, JD from Northwestern. All that stuff is great. And it's helped me <laughs> to be a successful entrepreneur. But, um, what I really focus in on is real estate investment, building technology to scale different ideas, whether it's like, um, investing in real estate, brokering, um, short-term rentals like Airbnb, legal operations, whatever it is. Today, I run a conglomerate called the Bruiser Companies. We are a real estate investment company. We're in last mile logistics. We do heavy equipment rental, which is like, think of any time you've driven by a big yellow piece of construction equipment, we buy those and we rent them out. Um, we're in auto repair. So like if you have a, to get an oil change, tire change, whatever, we do everything. Um, and we're fleet maintenance and then a bunch of other stuff. So um, best way to understand what does that look like? We have 130 employees. We have a very healthy top line. We're very profitable. I own the company entirely myself. Um, and we are mainly based in Chicago and have a small satellite office in Maryland. What really gets me oh. out of bed in the morning um, is building businesses, right? So like I do all this stuff because I'm personally interested in it. I love real estate. I was always fascinated by it as a kid. Um, and I love cars. So like, if you just try to think like, what's the common thread of like what this dummy bruiser guy is doing, it's like stuff that I love to do and surrounding myself with people that are likewise passionate. That's awesome. I have no, I had no idea the scale and scope of the bruisers conglomerate. That's, yeah. um, I just learned like new things about you today. So that's even more impressive because I was already impressed with just what you had told me. So that's amazing. Thank you, Thank you for sharing. Um, and then I love the the story for bruisers. I just, I just thought it was like a play off your name, but now it makes yeah. so much more sense because you're a big guy and you're just like a bruiser looking for a cruise and you know, yeah. that makes total <laughs> sense. I can see how that nickname came up. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. an awesome nickname. You just kind of latched onto it and branded it, huh? Yeah. It basically like comes from high school. I remember like, um, I was a varsity athlete in a bunch of sports and I was constantly like skipping study hall to go to the gym and work out. Yeah. And the coaches, like once I got into Notre Dame, um, 
and I also signed to be become an army officer, the coaches were all proud. They're like, you got to be like bruiser over there working out all the time. I was like, huh, I never thought of that nickname. And it, it just like stuck. Um, and uh, what's funny is like, I'm definitely not a bruiser 99% of the time. I'm definitely yeah. like a very chill dude that like wants to chill <laughs> stuff. But like if something crazy happens, I could totally channel the energy of like my inner bruiser and, and get things done. <laughs> That's awesome. I think you'd have to have some of that in order to uh, build such a uh, such an enterprise. <laughs> Can I ask how long it took you to do that? Like, what was the what was the staging of all of this? Like, timeline wise, a rough estimate. Yeah. So I don't know that we talked about this at lunch, but it's actually this has only been like a three year process. But don't take that. Don't you're probably like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So yeah, I I've been an entrepreneur since two thousand nine. Um, and I had a great partnership with a guy that I met at Notre Dame. He was an attorney and CPA. Yeah. Um, and we built a bunch of businesses together. And the sad thing, well, it's not exactly sad because obviously things are going well for both me and for him. But in 2020, we were on the verge of selling our main business for a huge amount of money that had been life-changing amount of money to a very large Wall Street firm. And that mm -hmm. business was all all about real estate. You, <laughs> if, it's, if it touched real estate, we were doing it. And that means like actually investing in real estate, but also doing brokerage, title work, everything possible within that value chain. Nice. The whole ecosystem. And, yeah. And we, we were about to sell it. And we were at this conference called Asset Backed Securities West, ABS West, that if you've ever seen the big short with Steve Carell, mm -hmm. where he's mm -hmm. like, bull crap in the crowd. That's yeah. the conference we were at. We were getting wine and dine. And um, we had basically worked out the terms to sell our company. Um, and that was February 27th of 2020. We were set to close a very large $100 million plus uh, debt deal to continue to buy real estate. And then that was supposed to close April of 2020. And then none of that happened. Just to be very frank, none of that happened. Oh, um, wow. business, that business um, was one of the top three largest private um, companies in the country that, did, that invested in that strategy. And it's wound up now, right? It's in the process of winding up. My partner, I decided to go separate ways. Um, and he took some tech, I took some other tech and we've rebooted. Um, and even in 2020 through 2022, I kind of was just, I don't want to say lost as an entrepreneur, but I definitely had had my bell rung. I had gone from like, it's like when you're a football fan, your team scores a touchdown, you're then so you're losing your mind, right? There's like no yeah. time left. You're like, we just won the game. This is so exciting. And then like, you see a flag and then there's a review and the calls overturned. Like that's how it felt, right? We were on the cusp of finally realizing a dream as partners that blasted for like 13 years. Um, and we had to reset. So I reset in 2020. I, because that happened to me, and this is something you and I bonded over. Like I was like, this is crazy. I just spent 12 years of my life. I had all the equity I have as an entrepreneur, this one company. And not only like, is this outcome that I've dreamed of maybe not going to happen, but this company might go out of business. I might lose everything right now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately we didn't, right? We, we got through it on the other side. Um, but I, I resolved myself to like build this conglomerate that we're talking about today, to go out and buy trucking businesses, to go buy anything that anyone in the world can understand yeah. that if kick the bucket, something bad happens, my family's going to be taken care of. And that's something yeah. you and I wanted over, right? It's like, we, right. we are family men. We take care of our families. And like this one business I had was, was a wall street, like asset backed security driven, crazy business, right? Like if I kick the bu bucket, I don't know what my family's going to get out of that. Right. There's who knows, right? Just like my initial yeah. 
whatever, whatever my partner can do to take care of them. Um, but if, you know, something bad happens, we have trucks we could sell. There's a business where like there's a hundred people working at just one company and there's a professional management team in place that if I just disappeared, my wife could show up and be like, how do we, like, what do we do with my attorney and everything would be fine for my family. So yeah, um, that process has taken around three years and I've only seriously started really expanding it in the last year. So like October, 2022 is where I was like, all right, this thing's going okay, but let's really start hiring like a full on management team and grow this thing too. Yeah. I will just dollars. Go ahead. Say, say the last part again. I want to grow our top line to a billion dollars in by 2027. So it's, oh, uh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Those are some aggressive numbers. I like it. Yeah. Wait, that's actually a really short amount of time. Yeah. You're talking about 20, 2024 is around the corner. So you're talking about three years. Yeah. That's oh, right. Wow. Groupon did that's it in amazing. like two and a half. So I'm not going to come in first place for Chicago startups for uh, revenue growth. But I, I have a math background and I like, um, I like finding formulaic ways to grow and in this auto care and like fleet world and the real estate world, like keep in mind, we, we had grown the real estate strategy to more than $125 million of annual, um, purchasing volume, um, pretty quickly. Right. And like, <laughs> that's, that's just one part of the company right now. Right. Yeah. Um, what I'm doing in the fleet business, we kind of flipped the switch on in June and we're already um, very close to a million dollar forward run rate for that company operating wow. out of one location with just a couple people. That's and there amazing. are 400 locations to take down. So it's like, you know, it's the, it's it's an aggressive goal, but I'm trying to build a team that uh, is, you know, is all on board to make this thing happen. Yeah, that's amazing. You're definitely uh, moving really, really fast, and you make it sound. You you started the story off by making it sound like, "Hey, let me give some context," but that doesn't give any context at all. It still sounds yeah. really fast. That's yeah. an incredible time to uh, to build out this new machine and reset. That's an awesome, um, awesome mindset, man. That's awesome. So, yeah. where'd you get that? Did you get that from your dad, or where'd you get that mindset from? I I don't know, man. I've always been like a little two bit hustler. Like I grew up in a very blue collar area where oh yeah like i loved playing with gi joes when i was <laughs> like under 10 little kid and yeah. if i wanted something no one was going to give it to me i would go to the store and my parents like no you're not getting nice. that we don't have money nice. for that right which i think like if you grow up in like a middle class or blue collar area that's 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 the story right you look forward to christmas or whatever holiday persuasion you you roll with yeah because that's when you might get something you've longed for forever right yeah. And I would go pick up cans. I grew up in Connecticut. Um, people are like blue collar Connecticut. What the hell is that? That's like Martha Stewart. But most of Connecticut's like former industrial. Mm -hmm. And um, I would pick up cans on the side of the road for five sets of can and bring them to the grocery store and pop them in the machine and get money, then walk over and buy um, baseball cards, comic books, you know, G.I. Joe's, whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then like I learned how to code when I was early teenager and I just started I just started like leaving notes and doors of like businesses and whoever would like they whoever looked like they didn't have a website right in the nineties. This is like a brand new concept, get on the web and try to to make this stuff happen, um, to to grow. And I think for me, like I've heard a lot of people talk about this, but I 
am wired where I like to grow things. Like it's thrilling to me to like, when I started the real estate business, I went out and I was fast. It was like late 2000s, right? So right on the cusp of the financial crisis and like the housing market collapse. So it's great timing to get into real estate. And uh, I remember I talked to people about what I wanted to do. And they're like, hey man, everyone who does this has gray hair and lots of money. And he got either. Yeah. And uh, there's no way you're going to be able to do this. And I, that's that like um, telling me I'm not going to be able to do something is like, Can it's be. like jet fuel, <laughs> man. I go crazy. Um, and I'll stay up. I'll work like 110 hours. I'll stay up till three o'clock in the morning, get up at seven to try to prove someone wrong. And I, I don't yeah. know where that comes from. I think a lot of it's like the people you meet over your life encourage you and like, um, fuel that but there's a lot of like what helps me is i'm very self-critical and very um over the past 40 plus years of my life i've been my own worst critic <laughs> and like i i recently spoke at northwestern to the veterans club um of which i was a member 15 years ago and i was immediately flooded with all this nostalgia like when i was in the seat of the students that were i was speaking to I didn't know how to use Excel. I didn't know how to read an income statement. I didn't, um, I didn't know what the hell an investment banker was. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know anything. And I didn't think I could do much. And like now I've just, I, that like fear at that moment has fueled me to learn so much. And I'm like, if you parachuted me into Bangalore, yeah. I could be one of the best businessmen in the town and speak fluently within like a year. And that I sounds so idiotic, but like, I've just been, I pushed myself to learn so much and to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing because I felt like I wasn't worthy in the past that now I finally like feel worthy. It's a bit like, uh, that Conan wheel. If you've ever seen Conan, the barbarian where they put, they kidnap Conan, the bad yeah. guys oh, take yeah. and he's got a walk on and he starts as a little kid and he comes up and he's like jacked Arnold at the end of it. <laughs> I just, myself on the Conan wheel of entrepreneurship years ago. Yeah. And I think part of that, a byproduct of that is just being able to kind of see what, where we want to go and set aggressive goals and work hard as hell to meet them. Yeah. And are you, so you're feeling like you're actually there where you're actually satiating this need to, to perform or prove yourself. You're feeling a little yeah. bit more towards that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, let me, let's talk about the correlation <laughs> between that and your kids. Is that having to do with yeah. it? Like, do your kids impact your growth pattern or your security factor here? Yeah. Oh, to absolutely. Right. Like I, um, I, it is so, we've talked about this, but it's so hard to like strike a balance between being a good parent and being a great business person or a great parent and great business person or excellent. Like, and I, I really do think for me, I served in the army. I was a paratrooper. I deployed to Fallujah, Iraq. I fought there for nine months, six wow. days a week. When I got out of the army, my wife and I got married. We started having kids. We have six kids now. And nice. part of my decision making process as a professional has been that like, I want to be present for my kids. I want to be part of their lives. I want to be there. Like, um, my parents were for me. My grandparents were for me to help like be a mentor and also like set boundaries. All the, the, the hard parts about being a parent, I want to be there for, but also yeah. good, right? Like being there for like watching 
my my kids learn to play piano and way better than I ever could, right? If I like sat down to try to like learn piano, my 13 year old would be better than I am today. If I tried to sit down and learn how to draw, my 11 year old would be so much better of an artist than I am today. And being present for that, like last night we played Exploding Kittens for like half an hour. And like, that's the stuff I love to do. My dad um, would play war with me when I was like five over and over and over again and i don't know if, if you haven't played war there's no skill to that game it's literally people <laughs> cards and the higher cards winning the war right um <laughs> so like i from a, from a very early point in my career had a goal that i was only going to pursue paths where i could have flexibility in my schedule where if like i needed to at the drop of a hat i could be somewhere for my family right um and I don't know if I'm answering your question exactly as you, you posed it, but that's kind of like, that's still to this day is part of like something that fuels me, right? With my family is I want to be present. I want to be part of our lives. I want to have the option to coach baseball, Little League, whatever it is for them. But I also recognize there's going to be times of the year where I'm just so busy that like I'm going to fail my family if I say I want to coach your Little League team <laughs> between May yeah, and totally. May. Like, I just know my schedule blows up to like, literally I'm sleeping four hours a day for probably around six weeks. And that's just not, that's just, it's not going to work. Um, so that, that is a huge part of the decision-making process is like making sure I'm there for my family. And like, also my wife and her are like completely aligned on this, right? Like she is part of a family business. She's also an entrepreneur. Oh, she crazy hours. Um, she, is on our local school board. She is the room parent for multiple classes. She is, you know, two kids were sick today with an ear infection and she's taking care of them, right? Like we, we, what we have to just, we, we just burn the candle at all ends possible. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of shot out of a cannon, but like when we, when I got back from Iraq, she had spent all that time worrying about me and you know, our bond is so strong because of that. And we just, we knew like we wanted to start having kids pretty quickly and we wanted to build a family and we, we knew what we wanted to do. And it's, it's great when you love someone with your entire being, right? That's awesome. But then when you're like also aligned on these like family goals, et cetera, it's, it's really powerful. So I think that it's very satisfying to go home. I'm never like, oh, I got to go home and see my family or whatever. No, I've, I'm so, so stoked to come home tonight and like hang out with everybody and see what everyone's yeah. doing that day. But it sounds like you guys are both like voracious about like make maximizing everything in life. And it may have, may have been actually the fact that you were deployed in Iraq. It's almost like a perspective check. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you guys are both like, "Hey, we're gonna make this freaking amazing. We're gonna go ham on all all cylinders here." It sounds like because you even have six kids. That's like yeah. that's like the Bruisers conglomerate manifesting in your family. <laughs> yeah, my wife has this awesome saying or phrase she picked up somewhere called like a full human experience, and like we're just signed up for it, right? Like we're yeah. like send it, dude. This episode of the Girl Dad Show is brought to you by you. We have been working very hard to bring you the best guests and content to the show and have been steadily growing month over month. And we're finally ready to start talking to businesses that want to partner with us to promote on our show. So if you know anyone that would be interested in having me promote their business on The Girl Dad Show, please email us at young at thegirldadshow.com. 
Thank you for your support and look forward to learning how to be a great parent together. We, we have a very good balance, right? Because I'm an idiot and I'm just like, hey, let's try to take everyone to Iceland over like spring break or something. And then yeah. like, then I'm like, well, you know, that's actually pretty dangerous. There's like geysers and like things kids could fall off and die. And there's not a whole lot of like safety precautions there. So maybe not. But like my wife will just like check me, but then also be like, realistically check me. She won't just be like, no, we can't do that. She'll be like, well, here are the, here are the real world concerns that your doofus brain is not thinking about right now. And here's how we have to do it. But yeah, the full human experience is like what we're signed up for. And we, we love it, right? I just ran the marathon a couple weeks ago. Wow. And that, that takes a lot of sacrifice for both of us, right, to like manage that schedule. Cause there were days on like a Sunday where I'm running for three hours to get ready for this thing. Um, and then like during the actual race day, my wife was towing around all the kids. Our youngest kids are two seven year old twins and she's getting them all across um, Chicago <laughs> to get from, from stop to stop to cheer me on. So um, it's, it's fun. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I can't, I was I wish I wish I was a fly on the wall in your house. That's amazing. But it's also really cool because it sounds fly. like let's say it again. Uh, you'd want to be a deaf fly at times with how loud <laughs> is it a loud house? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I was gonna say it's really good though that you guys are both very aligned on the velocity and direction. Because it seems like the chaos is something that you guys both thrive in and you guys both like <laughs> seek after. And then how yeah. old's your oldest? My oldest is 15. And, um, and do they do they know that this is kind of a unique family or do they think that this is normal or have they have they started talking about this, like about what you guys do for a living? Because <laughs> you guys are normal. You guys are normal professionals. Neither one of you guys, yeah. it sounds like. I think I think that my my oldest daughter, Evelyn, definitely recognizes how crazy everything is. And like the good and the, 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 she recognizes the great parts of it and the challenges of right. it. That's good. Um, and like, she's starting to ask a lot of really great questions now. Like I could see her like yeah. awareness of like, wow, the world's a lot bigger just than like school and my family and my friend group. And she started to ask really great questions and I'm trying to teach her as much as, he, as I can. Cause it's like, I remember Anthony Bourdain um, came to Chicago. We heard him talk and he was talking about like his passion for food and how he was fighting McDonald's when it came to teaching, Kip, instilling values about depreciation of food in his daughter. And we were like, what the hell is he talking about? He's like, listen, I get like one hour a day when I'm home with my daughter, maybe one hour. Meanwhile, she's at school, she's watching TV. If you just look at how often McDonald's is on TV, <laughs> like, <laughs> advertisement, they've got like a 5X advantage over me for my daughter just getting bombarded with these ads about this stuff. So like now that my oldest is 15, she's starting to like see, like she's like doing that little peak thing where she's like, oh wow, the world's a lot bigger than I've prior, uh, I've appreciated in the past. And like, we're able to have really profound conversations about all kinds of topics. And it's like, I've just, I, I really appreciate what he was talking about all those years ago that like, I only have this one hour a day with my daughter and like with a teenager the, and parents of, um, young teenagers will appreciate this. Like that hour is not even really an hour. It's maybe like 10 or 15 minutes and you have to be crafty just as you are as an entrepreneur with your kids. Like you have to figure out like, 
please, can I drive you to school? Can I walk you to school? Can I do anything to, to take that 15 minutes and make it 20 or 25 or 30? Because um, especially with six kids, like now you multiply that, right, times six, and it's, it's a lot of time in the day where you want to get those opportunities to connect with them and uh, yeah. help them. How are you doing that with your business? Are you just like cutting out? Or are you carving that out intentionally? Are you finding it naturally? Or are you like, as things come up, are you reacting to it because you've professionalized your business? Like walk me through how you manage that. Yeah, it is, it's tough to manage the business aspect and then connecting with the kids. So I yeah. joke with the team here that like from 6 to 9 p.m., daily, they should just not expect to have answers for me or be able to get in touch with me. And then after from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., I'll be back on. And that's yeah. not like, that's not every night. Like last night, I just was exhausted and I actually kind of hurt my knee during the marathon. So it was like in physical pain. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch Loki with my kids and we're calling it a night. Like I'm not doing any work after this. But yeah. a lot of nights, like we'll, we'll play a board game, we'll do reading, We'll do math problems. We'll do whatever. And then um, sometimes at nine is like a fudge factor and it might extend to 10 if like somebody needs extra attention. But then after that, I just go back downstairs or to my desk and I just keep cranking for a few more hours. And um, is it great for my physical health? I don't know. Like I have like a whoop health monitor <laughs> workout. I try, I try to watch what I eat. I try to limit what I drink. Yeah. Um, but like, I've just found like in the mornings I, I take my phone and I'm like, when the kids are getting ready to school, I just leave it somewhere else. I don't have it on me. I don't look at it. Um, I would, I do not disturb. So, you know, a few people could break through that, but I really got to set these boundaries and I try to do the same thing at night. It's a lot harder. Cause I, I want to disconnect. I want to like mellow down a little bit. I'm like, yeah, the world right now. Um, and I'm trying to get better at that, but I've just found like setting like a specific time period and being disciplined about it, trying to make sure you're home in time for it, um, is helpful. But these are these are goals, right? Like, I don't know how often I'm hitting that number of like being present six to nine, and like I know for a fact the phone thing is like out of my hand in the mornings. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm very proud of myself that I've like just disconnected from in the mornings with them. Yeah. But just the goal, you set it and you try your best to to hit it. And that's what's helped me a lot. What's the, what's the, um, I know the goal for the business is to hit a billion dollars in top line revenue between your conglomerate in three yeah. years, nonetheless. Yeah. But like, what's the point of that? Can I ask? Like, why, why does that number exist? I don't know, man. I, you know what? I've read a lot of posts on this on Reddit and stuff. And it's for me, it's just like a, what your reach is with the business. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're doing like, oil, say you just doing oil changes, right. Yeah. And, um, if you're doing a hundred dollar oil change, it's 10 million people a year that you're changing their oil, right? It's just, it's just how much reach does the business have? Because I've seen how like, um, quickly you can grow something, uh, just by like do it any, any business, how quickly you could grow something. Um, so really it's just a matter of like reach. And for us, what we're trying to do, our big growth engine right now is in this auto care fleet maintenance space. Um, I stumbled upon that. Let's see. In 2022, I was thinking of like, how, how do I continue to <laughs> do things around vehicles and whatever? And how do I find like in my past business in the real estate company, as you kind of pointed out, we would find things that were like leaking out in the value chain, right? Yeah. Or 
things that were like just inefficient. So like we started a title company, not because we were enamored with title, which is like the very boring process of like closing a transaction and yep. making sure it's monies and all that stuff. Yeah. We didn't do that because like we were, we were like, whoa, I really love title. It was more like every time <laughs> we were going to closing, people were not following the rules. They weren't sending us the closing docs when they were supposed to. They were like delaying closing for no reason. And there were just incompetent people working with us as like our partner everywhere we turn. So we're like, we just got to stop this and we have to have our own company to do closings because we just can't handle this anymore. Um, so what's exciting to me about the auto business is I got into that because I had 50 vans on the road every day and they're in various states of disrepair. Yeah. Um, and money was leaking out. And I was also running into this problem. If you remember the past couple of years, parts have been in short supply. People have been in short supply. Yep. And something as simple as like a side view mirror would get knocked off on the road. You just have to bolt it back on, right? There's nothing complicated there. You take there's some mechanical work, we take some bolts out, yep. unplug something, plug it in. That's it. That's all that has to happen. That's and right. it was like taking two weeks. And I was like, this yeah. is crazy. So yeah. like, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but what motivates me more is just like, stupid inefficiencies i'm not going to pretend to be elon musk and be like i want to change the world and get us to mars earth's gonna die i need a backup plan no man i'm just like a beaver i hear yeah. water running and that water is like inefficiently run stuff and i <laughs> swim my ass over there and start building a dam and that's it I, and I like stuff that i know i can fix i feel like i'm watching myself if i had no filter like i feel <laughs> like i feel like you're like me unhinged like I, there's a little person in my brain that stops me yeah. when i get to the edge <laughs> but it's like you're the version of me that would happen if like i didn't have that person stopping me at the edge yeah you know i started my pool cleaning company for the same reason right i was just like yeah. what is going on this is not that complicated um, and it was so frustrating that I started it. And now I'm like, now I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to franchise your fleet management too. Cause I know I have 15 trucks yeah. and I'm like, I have a truck down every freaking month. And it's like, why is it taking so long to replace this part in the truck? And Brother, so now I'm like talking to you about it going like, Hey, let me be a franchisee for your business. So funny, but it's like the same problem, right? I just like, I can't handle the inefficiencies. It's just like, seriously, like this right. isn't that hard. Like, why can't we just get this done? But, um, it is kind of strange. That it's a, it's a kind it's of a very weird strange. tick. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's very strange. And it's like, well, you're like, well, you're like, wait, what? But seriously, why? You're like, time out, time out. Yeah. Very few people will do that. Very few people will be like, time out of the field. What the fuck is going on? Right now? <laughs> what is going on right now? Right? Like, why, why can, there, can we all just sit down and ask each other, why is this happening? And like, I'm like, I was not a Musk fan at all. I it just, I bought a Tesla a couple of years ago, loved the car or whatever. He bought Twitter and I was like, that's going to go exceptionally poorly for your personal brand and probably financially, whatever. Um, but then I read the Isaacson biography a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh my God, like you're saying like, I'm like a unhinged, like un, like unleashed version of the guy in your head. He's like that on like steroids type of stuff. <laughs> like he is so great at like, he'll spike with like building like he's a legit first of all rocket scientist i didn't know that i i thought that that was just like made up branding no that's true um and yeah. he just like question every requirement like he has these principles he just like is constantly mentioning them and like if it's might be exhausting to work with him right because it might they might be like hey uh we have to end this meeting at two and i'm like why we must question <laughs> what then you're like whoa all right i would i gotta go pick up my kids but okay why do you have to pick up your kids why can't someone else do that you're like 
I got to go. I'm sorry. We can't work. <laughs> you, you have too many questions. But um, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's 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 uh, been. If, if you haven't read that, I highly recommend you read it. I will. Or, yeah. Or listen to it. It's it is fantastic. Yeah. So um, is the is the end goal then to like kind of just do it because you want to keep growing it and you just keep solving problems and it just ends up being. And so the billion dollar number just kind of came out. Like, is that kind of like, yeah. because you know, you can do it, you want to do it. It's a good goal based on the numbers you're doing right now. And just, you feel like mathematically it's reachable. Yeah. Like we exceeded 10 million pretty darn quickly. So it's kind of like why a hundred million is not that interesting to me. I'm like, whatever. Like, um, so let's, let's get after it. Let's figure out like we exceeded 10 million in less than a year. Um, from when I kind of decided to reboot. Um, wow. And, um, I've been part of like, I've invested in other startups that have had similar growth. And for me, what's been frustrating is in my prior, in my prior ventures, like we hit that asymptotic point where like growth became very difficult. And, you know, I think part of that can be attributed to the fact that like we maybe set our goals too small or we didn't think like really big, like how the heck do I really, really get something big going? Cause when you do, when you set aggressive goals, um, you tend to come, if you don't achieve them, you tend to come very close. People don't say like, I want to lose a hundred pounds and would be very serious about it. And you know, like if they actually are serious about it, come up with a plan and follow it, they lose 70 pounds and they go from like unhealthy to pretty healthy. That's, That's pretty right. damn amazing. Right. That's so right. Like, yeah. I had just had surgery on, I had hernia surgery. Can't see I'm pointing to my right here has like, a big, <laughs> I had a um, meniscus uh, removed and I'd broken my foot over the last 18 months Jeez. prior to January, 2023 and January, January, 2023 marked the point where I was six weeks out from my last surgery. It was going to be the last one. I had like four in a row. It was awful. Um, and I was like, you know what? I can't run a hundred feet. Literally can't. Um, so I signed up for the marathon and I was like, I'm going to fucking see that's what why you signed up for it. Yeah. I was like, oh I'm going to be able to run again and not just run a little bit. I'm going to run 26.2 miles. You don't like it when someone tells you, you can't do something. No, mm -hmm. it really no, bothers you. I love that. It, it, yeah. The you... lockdown was really fun for me mentally. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about how your kids are taking that. Do you want this? You want this life for them or what do you want from them? I just want them to be happy. Like I, I, it's so fun to see their interests and how different they are from mine. It's frustrating when their interests are similar to mine, when they, they like love video games. I'm like, Ooh, dad used to be kind of like pretty obsessed with video <laughs> games to the point where, uh, you know, I, I'm friends with, uh, the guys that founded league of legends and had an opportunity to join them very early, kind of bad decision to not do so, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it all worked out, but like, yeah, like, um, I just want them to be aware of their potential. I feel like, um, kind of alluded to this, but my experience in Iraq really helped me go from kind of like 10% aware of my potential to like 95%. Hmm. Um, and I say that because I just, I don't know. I just thought like, Hey, you're in the army. You could do whatever, like jump out of planes. That's cool. But then like when I was there, I was dropped into Fallujah and had no resources, no anything. And I was just kind of like left on my own with my team. And I had to figure stuff out. 
And that meant like everything, like armoring my vehicles, figuring out where food was going to come from, building shelters, like everything you can, like we, I just had to do it. I was like, like, you just like look around. There's like no one else here. You have to do this. You have to take care of your team. And it was Whoa. just like, okay, which, right. It's like when you're back in the States and you're part of like a unit and you're training, like everything's laid out for you, right? It's literally like, you know what you're doing for six months out into the future. You're like, we're going to go to Louisiana, do this training. We're going to go to the rifle range this day. We're gonna, like, everything's laid out. When you get to combat, it's just kind of like very, like, here's a goal. Here's a mission. Achieve that. But oh, by the way, like what else? Everything else is up to you. <laughs> like when you sleep, how your security's posted. So it was pretty intimidating. So for Whoa. my kid, like I, I really wish as a dad, I could like safely flip a switch for them and help them realize that. And I, I was reading um a few years ago, this book, River of Doubt, that talks about when Teddy Roosevelt took his son and a few other people down the Amazon to chart this river that no one had ever gone down successfully. And Teddy Roosevelt's way of like trying to help people realize their potential was literally like takes kids to teach them to swim, just takes them to the dock and throws them off. Right. Or like <laughs> would put them in horribly dangerous situations, but like survive. Yay. Good luck. Um, I don't think that's uh, what we need to do as parents, but I am like, as a dad, I'm passionate about trying to find ways to like walk, to balance like the ability to help your kids grow and like realize what they could do and, and feel empowered yeah, um, without having them hate you and thinking you're a psychopath or like totally them situations or pushing them too hard. And like, it's like unfortunate with like my oldest, like there's been, it's like entrepreneurship. There's been tinkering. So there's times where like I've screwed up and like gone too far one way or the other. To all you parents out there, I'm going to tell you right now, praising your kids. When you have something nice in your head that you want to say about your kids, let that person out and say those things like, and say it all the time. Like praise your kids for the shirt they're wearing. Praise your kids for the way they've combed their hair. Praise your kids for the drawing that they've done. That's that positive feedback is so, 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 so important. And I think instilling that positive mindset in your kids so that they can then go on and instill that into other people can make all of us way better people. Um, and that's my main hope for my kids is that they end up good people, hmm. that they don't have horribly bad luck in their lives, yeah. and that we equip them to be able to handle bad luck and bad things that come up when they do. That's a really great answer. I love that, man. So Thank you don't you. actually care if they follow your track or they take over your no. business. You just want no. them to have resiliency be kind and happy. Yeah, I think, you know, we we are not even a blip in the universe's existence, right? So to like to have this like idea that, you know, we can do something as an individual that's going to last eternally, I think is bonkers, right? Like the so the solar system is going to die one day, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. we are we we are such a tiny moment um in time in this universe whatever yeah. that actually even is right like we could get crazy and talk about really weird uh, existential stuff but like <laughs> for me like it just comes down to like taking taking care to do the best thing you can in that moment and helping yeah. your kids figure out what that is for them right like i don't know what they're gonna do i love them all to death like my parents had nothing to do with entrepreneurship my 
grandparents um, didn't either. Um, I don't think that what I'm doing is any better for society or any anything than like what everyone else is doing, getting up every day. And like, I just, I just say to people all the time, you got to think about what gets you to put your, get your, get, get out of bed and put your feet on the floor every morning and get, and follow that. Right. Like yeah. if you want to be an artist, if you want to be in retail, if you want to like work on cars, whatever it is, follow that passion. Like, is it cool that like you can have a little bit more freedom as an entrepreneur or whatever? Sure. But, um, that that doesn't mean there are costs that are um, not monetary, right? There's costs yeah. to your every night. I try to go to bed, and there's something popping in my head like you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. This might fail. Oh, right. and like there are nights, you know, you, we've talked about this, but like when you are working on a new product, service, or a new company, like there are going to be moments where things are not going well, and you think it's just all over, right? And maybe it oh, is yeah. all over. And in fact, yeah. for me, it did end, right? Like those, those nights in 2020, they were terrible. Like I just sat there and I don't think I slept for four days confronting the reality that like that transaction I was hoping for was not going to happen. And not only that, the our lender was not going to provide any money. We were not going to have any money to invest that year. Um, and that that business was basically looking down the barrel of a gun of complete annihilation, right? Yeah. Um, those things suck. Those are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like those are the terrible, terrible parts of entrepreneurship. But um, I, I just think for for my family, it's just really just comes down to being their best selves, following their passions. I, I happen to love teaching. Um, if I weren't doing this, I'd probably be a teacher and have some side hustles going on. Um, and what, whatever it is that they want to do, I just hope that they, they get to do it, right? That they put themselves in a position, they make the right decisions today is what I keep, I preach them all the time. Make the right decisions now so that when you realize what it is you want to do, you can do it, right? Or at least you can see that you can take the next step to get you closer to being able to do that thing. Yeah, that's really great. I love that. Hey, I want to be cognizant of your time. So I'm going to yeah. uh, switch over to the rapid fire questions that I like to ask every guest, okay? Okay. So, um... <laughs> Let's, let's fire them off. Uh, piece of advice you have for parents or soon to be parents. Oh my gosh. Just um, one, just one. Pray, the praise, the, praise those kids. We'll, t we'll steal an earlier answer. I love it. Great. That's awesome. One thing you would tell yourself, uh, before you were a parent, if you could. Oh man. Um, work out a lot more. <laughs> uh, one thing that you found very surprising about yourself that you didn't realize after becoming a parent. Oh man. Um, surprising about myself after becoming a parent. How much I could do in a day. I think I, I think <laughs> prior to that, I just kind of wasted a lot of time. All you people that don't have kids, you're wasting time. So. <laughs> I love that you, you just said that. I've been thinking that in my mind for like years. <laughs> Yeah, I love you're not you busy. Sorry, you're just not. You're not busy. Again. I love it. It's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I had so much time before kids. I'm like, oh man, if I could just go back and start my businesses then. Right. Oh, it's so amazing. So funny. Um, uh, switching gears. Your uh, favorite book? Ooh, you know, I I can't get. I'm gonna start rereading the Musk biography every three months to fire myself up. It's that cool. I, I don't love Elon Musk. It's not like I'm fanboy. I just, I really love a lot of his principles and the, 
story is so freaking out there. Please pick this book. Everyone, like, I did not know any of the stuff that I knew. I thought he had inherited all this money from his family and, like, just invested in Tesla and SpaceX. Please pick this book up. If you're an entrepreneur, you must pick this book up. You must read it. There's so many good lessons in there about product development. Um, and there's a lot of lessons about how not to treat people. Just throw, if, if Elon Musk ever hears this, dude, I think you're very self-aware that you are kind of a naughty guy to people you work with. So, <laughs> But I, I love, I love it. it. I'm, I'm going to consume that thing once every three months. I love it. Yeah, I gotta, I'm going to definitely check it out now. And then to bring us home, uh, when you're not building the Bruisers conglomerate or uh, building your personal <laughs> Bruisers family, uh, yeah. what is uh, what what do you do for your downtime? What's your fun activities? I love to work out. I'm excited that my my marathon training's over and I get to go back to lifting heavy weights and putting them down again. And I I do love to watch bad TV. Like I try to get like half an hour in like at least every night of just something terrible. So like, I don't think Loki's all that great. Um, but i watched the heck out of that show last I night. Love it. So I, love I, it. I, I love to read too. Like I just, if I can't read, I just throw, I buy the Kindle audible combo and I pop that thing in and I just listen to books like nonstop. Such, such a joy that we get to, uh, learn so much from other people for like next nowadays like next to nothing right it's like nine Seriously. seven dollars to get some of these books you're just able to learn so much in a short amount of time yeah that's great man I, I love it chris thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh spend with me and share a little bit about your journey balancing family and and, and career uh, this was really helpful for me personally and i can already tell <laughs> you that a lot of people are going to glean a lot of insight from this as well man i really appreciate it thank you so much it's been such a pleasure to reconnect and i can't wait till uh you're back in Chicago, so we could get another. Uh, yeah. Hope we get yeah, some drinks. Now I have a lot more to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll talk soon, brother. Bye. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Girl Dad Show. As a Girl Dad Show listener, I'm so excited to share with you a very exclusive discount to the Owners Club. Owners Club is my pride and joy, and it is the business that I use to help me build and network with other like minded growth business owners. And it is a place where business owners can learn from the tools and systems that I've been building and continue to build to grow and build my businesses. But it's also a great place to build camaraderie and relationships with other business owners that deeply understand the ins and outs of owning a business. And for my loyal and new Girl Dad Show listeners, I'm offering an exclusive 75% off for the first year membership. And you just use the coupon code TGDS75 at www.owners.club and you will be able to get 75% off your first year membership. I hope this helps you on your professional journey as much as this podcast helps you on your parenting journey. Thank you.